Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Evolving Engineering and Construction Brands Podcast with your host, Matthew Winkelstein. I want to thank everyone again for taking the time to listen to this. This week's guest is someone that I met while I was at Kiwit. He had already been doing some content capture for the organization when I moved into a marketing role, and I was very fortunate to meet him while I was there. He really helped me understand the importance of telling stories in more of a nuanced way. I had understood stories as honestly a one-way street. And also I didn't quite understand how to tell them through different mediums. And this person really helped open my eyes through to the power of that and to the importance of that. When, even though when you're trying to create marketing materials or sales materials, if you can tell stories in everything that you do and through the words that you say and the images that you show, the content's going to resonate better with your customers and not only resonate better with them, they're actually going to appreciate it. This person is Nicholas James. Nicholas has lived a passion in visual storytelling since boyhood over the last 20 years with incredible opportunities and his connections and the advancements in technology. Nicholas has cultivated his craft through the brand of his content creation studio, Yellow Brick Studios, and that's yellow without a W, into a dynamic resource that the corporate, commercial, and entertainment fields have been able to tap into to help facilitate their stories and messages. Equipped in the skill sets of directing, producing, cinematography, and editing, Nicholas has been able to bring formidable yet diverse expertise to the collaborative table in helping his clients tell their stories through the moving image. Connecting purpose to humanity has always been the mantra behind the mechanism of his craft, always ready to find authentic resonation between his clients and their audiences. You can find information on how to connect with Nick and look at his work in the show notes. In this episode, we're going to dive into how Nick cultivated his passion for filmmaking from the ripe age of 11 years old. We'll dive into how he believes technology and culture have diversified the opportunities for filmmakers allowing more opportunities within the corporate and business world. We're going to talk a little bit about how he got his first opportunity through a wedding and how that actually got him into Kiwit, which is an interesting story. Towards the end of the episode, we're going to get into some tactical things around video production and ways that you can bring cinematic content to your company and where to get started. You know, you don't need to start with that big production. You just need to get started. So we'll dive into that too. And as always, we'll end with his best routine or habit. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the episode. Filmmaking has been a passion of mine, actually, since I was actually a young boy, like at 11 years old. There's always something to be said to, to go in a movie theater in the dark with a bunch of strangers and see the dancing light and the sounds on that screen and take you to these places where you can escape. And you escape, but then you also get to connect with the human condition. And I've always had a love for storytelling and you know, through the use of a camera. Made little movies, you know, in my high school years and whatnot, and then evolved into coming out with a video production company to help kind of fund those passions in cinematic narratives. And now Yellow Brick Studios exists because of that. That is awesome. So you did you so you had a passion for filmmaking. Did you ever did you do anything else before you got in that, or you're just like, no, this is what I'm going to do, and you stuck with that all the way through. Yeah, no, that I'm one of those unique people that I was gifted with the mission and purpose of my life very young at age. I've been a throughput with that. As far as like, you know, 
at first it was just movies and it's branched out into storytelling through company videos and through nonprofit organizations, events, weddings. That's been exciting because over the last couple of decades, technology and culture has been able to cultivate that into diversifying what it means to be a filmmaker now. Did you, when you were, when you were first starting out into filmmaking, how different was the industry and what did you think you'd be doing today versus what you're doing today? I was like many aspiring filmmakers where I wanted to be the next Steven Spielberg, that household name that produced those stories that are so iconic into the American zeitgeist as far as just making those very memorable moments. That was always the dream. And what's evolved from that now is now it's the still, it's still the purpose of telling stories, telling those meaningful stories, but it doesn't have to completely be through pop culture now. That's what I love about the involvement of filmmaking and film production is now stories can be told, narratives can be told through many vehicles. Like I said, through business, through personal stories, and with YouTube and social media platforms, <laughs> it gives us the opportunity to do that. I think at the heart of it, every filmmaker is just that insatiable need to tell a story. Yeah. Um, and that's still present today. So. I love, absolutely love that because that is, that's absolutely what every business should be trying to do. But I don't think they always think of it in that way. They think of, I want to tell someone something and communication is definitely a part of it. But if you can tell it in story format and communicate your message in a way that resonates with your audience, then that's how you really make headway. And so you and I met when I was at Kiwit and I was director of demand generation and you really opened my eyes to some of this stuff. So I was, I was more in the camp of, Let's tell them what we got to tell them. And so I want to try and do it in a compelling way. If you remember, I had some ideas to try and make it more conversational, but you were like, all right, pause. Let's take a pause on this. Let's understand exactly what we're trying to do. What store are we trying to tell? That was my first time working with someone of your caliber. I'd worked with people that did video before, but not a filmmaker. And I just saw a difference with you and your partner. It was a lot of fun. And I'm glad we've had a relationship since then. What? When did you first realize that companies need to tell their stories and when did you become interested in helping companies start to do well what's funny is it was organic when i very first started over 20 years ago i started in weddings weddings and events which are they're not business to business i'm working with just people and actually in very intimate situations that's their wedding day so the only people there are friends and family and people that mean a lot in their lives and what was awesome about that opportunity was with my camera capturing the humanity capturing I, i'm coming in on the wedding day but there's a story that led up to that right families they're grown they don't just happen and it was so cool to see the dynamics of parents with their kids getting married or the siblings or bridesmaids and groomsmen that they went to college with and the anecdotes and the stories that were told through the speeches and that was one thing that was pretty cool i was able to use those speeches which were stories and they're telling these stories of how these lives come together and i'm intercutting that with music because music is an important thing it evokes emotion and shots through the day where no there's stories about the life leading up to that but then what you're seeing through these visual images is the fruit of that and it's a very visceral once you get from that and so getting to know these people i then bonded these relationships with them and 
they kind of invited me into their professional lives. And that's actually how I, that's honestly how I was able to get work through Kiwit. It was actually a groom. He wasn't working for Kiwit, but his company did work for Kiwit. And he's like, hey, there's this engineering company, Kiwit. I'm sure you heard of it. I'm like, oh yeah, they're pretty present in Kansas City. And he made the introduction and it was just, that's why it was organic because I wasn't just going to these companies saying, hey, you need a video, you know? Yeah. It, It was connecting with people them with me and me with them. And then, um, and I did the same thing like I did with my events and my weddings is I would sit down in these board meetings and go, what's your story? Like, that's the biggest thing. It's like, I know what you do. And the best thing I can say is don't focus on the what in visual storytelling. And I know I'm saying visual storytelling, like, oh, you think it just movies. No, even in these business pieces, that can come to market through video is once like connect with the who and that's what i like to do i like to connect with the company who are you in that conversation they're telling me why they're telling me why they do what they do and that that is the key i think simon Sinek talks about that like how important it is for a company to know why they do what they do um and and that's the pulse of everything and that's where that feeds me visual language that I can then transpose in a video and just makes it organic. It's yeah, it goes from these stale tutorial like module videos to telling the emotion and the purpose of why we do what we do in the marketplace. Yeah. Um, so you and I've, we've had the benefit of working together. So I know the answer to this, but I think some people might be surprised. They might think that when they see your videos, it's you're out there running around, getting all these awesome shots, which you do that too. But there's a lot of planning and forethought that goes in ahead of time for you to be able to get those. Why don't you talk a little bit about when you're working with a client, what are you thinking about before you even get the camera rolling? What are you thinking about to try and uncover that story? And what are you thinking about as you're shooting? Matthew, fantastic question. Visual language is just that. It's a language. It's got a vocabulary. It's got a grammar. It's got a cadence. And people don't realize that it's subliminal. It's subconscious that people might not know how a video is made, but everyone knows what a poor video looks like and they know what a good video looks like. And so with that, it's I'm always trying to find a way to visually transpose the meaning and reason to what they do. Mm-hmm. That's why with efficiency and in, in, in QA engineering, that what's great about that is video can help clarify and simplify a message. Yes, you can send a PDF of this long document of very complex multi-syllable words that make you look sophisticated and you know what you're doing. As they say, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And in caring is sometimes this fine thing, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. And so if we can take complex concepts and present them in a visual and a picture book almost to make sure the audience that they, they are that they're communicating to can understand. That's the thing. I think a lot of companies are so absorbed with getting the content out like this, they're doing it like this, rather than engaging with 
their clients, like, am I communicating in a way that they are really receiving the information that they are really seeing the benefit and the contribution that we can provide in our goods and services. And I think that's very important, even though video, if the vehicle feels like it's one way, right? Make a video, and put it out, but it is a dialogue because that's why a lot of businesses aren't understanding the value of video production because it's like, it is a dialogue piece. Even though you're saying something, there is going to be a response to that. So make sure that message is in a clear and simple way and visually are very visual creatures. And so to be able to do that in a visual way is probably the most effective way, you know? Yeah. So how do you go about, how do you go about starting that? If you're thinking about, if I'm a marketer and I'm thinking about, Hey, we need to tell more stories through our video content. What are some of the things we should be thinking about? Okay. That's a good question. I always start with the small and intimate. I'm going to go to my, when I do videos for organizations, like nonprofit organizations, that's a good one because you know, nonprofits like, okay, how do we produce revenue and we're nonprofit? And that's a huge challenge. I think a lot of organizations, they think they could like, look at all the good we do. We provide all this and that. And yeah, that's good. But that doesn't, that's not effective as much as when I sit down and call, okay, tell me who is your end user? Who is benefiting from that? And instead I focus a story on maybe one consumer and how it's affecting their life. Because then what that does is it tells, it shows that audience, just like when we go to the movies, when we see the hero scaling the mountain, we feel like we're scaling that mountain. So the same thing is it, through our through these videos, if we can put them in the seat of the end user and how it's affecting them, how that good uh, product or that service is really affecting their life because of their existence, that, that is the pulse. That is, that's what I look for. And that's important. I've done work in retirement communities. The great thing about that and hospitality services and such as that, yeah, you can show these beautiful living spaces, common places, common spaces, the amenities with restaurants and whatnot. But that doesn't engage. It's like, okay, how does it affect me? So instead, we would film residents. It, we would do like a day in the life of the resident and see how, where they, there's a common space that's, yeah, it's nice, has all these amenities, but it's more, it's like, oh, I get to meet my friend here and we get to play cards or we catch up on, on stories or we can go to the cafe. And I just, I love the barista there. They know my name. And it, it's more of that. It's the visceral impact of what these goods and services are provided. And so it's very important to have your video have that human element and how it affects the human being in that. Love that. Love that. Cause that's one of the things I always talk about is show your people, people want to buy from people. They care about people. They want to communicate with people, brands and companies are important to a certain degree, but not as important as the people that are inside that actually form them. And there's two things I like that you said in that, and in, in this whole conversation, it's they don't care unless you know they care, right? You said the way sometimes you show you care is simplifying. And so that means not making a five minute video that has four minutes and 30 seconds about your company and 30 seconds about stuff that's relevant for the customer. Uh, you also went to what the actual experience is like. So instead of 
saying, hey, we're great to work with. You talked about creating content that shows what it's like when we're good to work with for the actual customer. And I feel like people fall short a lot in that and they tell their story and they tell it from their perspective and it misses what the customer is actually looking for. Do you experience exactly. that too? Yes. It's always a delicate dance, but you know, I, I'm so grateful when a company calls me and I call it a discovery meeting. I don't even, it's not a booking. It's not even a booking of production work yet. It's where we can sit down and I get to discover the, their identity, their purpose, their meaning, and the details of how they, they do that through the marketplace. And with that, there's times when the, it, it can drift where I'm like, okay, well, we're going to follow this client. Oh, you're going to find well, it's about our company. It's like, I understand, but it's more, it's not about the cause. It's about the effect. And when you focus the content on the effect that's where it becomes effective to your audience as far as that visual piece let me stress again that there are many ways we communicate to to our marketplace we do that through blogs we do that through our website passively we do that through social media and video and i don't try to approach my clients that are video content is just going to, they can just sit back and it's all automatic and the video will just bring in the revenue. What it does do is it gives their audiences. And this is the beautiful part, 24, seven, 365 days a year, the opportunity to, to see that at their disposal, that human element, seeing a person, it's not just words on a piece of paper or graphs or pie charts or anything like that, and seeing what they're doing in the marketplace with engineering firms. I'm scaling 350 foot wind turbines or going to power plant <laughs> and I'm crawling into big furnace. No one told Nick he was going to have to go to the top of the wind oh, turbine before man. that shoot, but he did it. <laughs> I did it. It was the most terrifying. And I've definitely got bragging rights on that, but it just, and that's another thing too, is it affects me, the filmmaker as well. And that's really cool too. Cause like we start in the discovery meeting and yeah, it's like, we start getting a plan together, the meshes and whatnot. And it even, it becomes organic through the production because then I meet these phenomenal men and women in these organizations and see what they do. And it then motivates me. It fascinates me and educates me. And that's one thing that's an advantage of having a video production do the videos rather than someone internally because you're so deep in the woods of what you do whereas as the filmmaker i'm an outsider so my ignorance is bliss where i can see generally speaking it's like okay that information is a little dry i don't see how i can connect with that but i can really connect with wow the men and women the people of this organization and what their efforts and their expertise and their and their purpose in bringing that that those products and services to market because it's all about community that's yeah. what it's all about and it affects me and it motivates me into how to put my camera in a way to show that to really authentically reveal that part of it to to audiences yeah I, there's two big things that are sticking out in my mind of why people need to reevaluate video if they've written it off or get dip their toe in the water and try and understand it. The first thing is 
you've seen it, you hear it from your customers, you've seen it in studies, you see enough anecdotal evidence, people perform their own research. People discover information in ways they haven't before, which means not exactly talking to your sales rep initially. And so if you want them to learn about your company when they're in that research phase, you need to produce content. And so once you agree or realize you need to produce content to inform your potential customers, your current employees, and your prospective employees, then you start to look at what's the best medium to do that. And video in my mind, a couple of years ago, I would have said it's novel. It's neat. It's something we need to try and figure out as we sit here today. I think it's a necessity because more and more people consume video content. The number of people that consume video content versus consider will consume a 500 word blog is dramatically different. And so that creates issues for you to be able to try and figure that out, but it also creates opportunities. But I feel like the opportunistic part of this is starting to dwindle because now it's like, Hey, you have to show up now it's, Hey, there's still an opportunity, but at the same time, it's more of, Hey, lots of people are already started up that hill. You better start running. Yeah, exactly. You know, we all do it. We, all fall to this. What's the first thing we do when we wake up? We grab that phone. And what's the first thing? What's the last thing we look at when we go to bed as a phone? And we're not sitting there reading blogs. We are scrolling visual content. And I like yes. what another thing that I like what you just said is people are investigating on their own first. And I think that builds a preemptive um safe place, I want to say, like where the sales doesn't come so upfront, you are just introducing yourself first as if in person, you don't want a salesman to come up to you. Like everyone cringes with salesmen because they come with you at the sale right away. They see you as a prospect. They don't see you as a human being. The fact that anyone is watching your content, that is interest. So you don't have to be obnoxious and go, you know, okay, where can we sign the dotted line? Instead, <laughs> see it as an invitation, them consuming your content is them getting to know you more. And when you are getting, and what is that doing? That is fostering and cultivating relationship and relationship is everything as we know in business in life in everything. And so when we are connecting, that is when that's when magic's happening. That's when people's lives are improving and, and, getting better and where services and goods are just vehicle to make that happen. Yeah. I appreciate that and agree with it a hundred percent too. And some of the pushback I get on that is, well, what if they don't like me? Well, they're not going to like you in person either. Like it's not everyone is, that's just a reality of the situation. Not everyone's for everyone. I want to attract people that want to work with me. There are some people that have no desire to work with me for a million different reasons. Some of them I can control, some of them I can't. But at the end of the day, why do I want to spend time trying to talk to them anyways? They're not going to change their mind based on what I say. If you're a salesperson listening to this, tell me how many times you've gotten a hard no, and then you've worked on that hard no, worked on that hard no, worked on that hard no, and had it become a yes. Not very often. It's the soft no's that become yeses. That's where that's where you build the relationship. That's where you get it over time. But if someone just doesn't like you for whatever reason, or they just don't like your company, or they don't like the things you have to say, whether they find that out through video or they find that out through three discovery meetings, if they find out through video great. I do miss out on that opportunity, but I also don't waste time pursuing an opportunity that I'm not going to get. Correct. Correct. And you know what that does? Then that challenges you as the company. So it's like, okay, then you need to change. You need to evolve. You need to adapt. And so 
another thing that makes video great um, environment is the accountability. You know, that's another thing that I love about video. what video does that no other medium can do is it reveals personality. How many YouTuber, how many YouTube and social media personalities have been thriving? Obviously, it's working to reveal personality. And I love companies that want to celebrate that in their videos. Yeah. A lot of companies that like, well, I need to show this seriousness and this, this proficiency. That is important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about belittling the, the professionalism of the organization. People want to see people and people have personalities and quirks and passions and likes, and that's approachable. And so you're giving off a very offstandish personality. Yeah. And that's going to be revealed. The videos can also be the canary in the cave to help see it's like, okay, I need to change my messaging, my personality in the marketplace. And yeah. it gives a good way to do that. You learn a lot through content too. You absolutely learn mess. I talk about that a lot. If you never signed a client, if you never did anything, you learn what messaging works and you can apply passive information in a direct way where people don't realize you can, they're giving you the passive information, but whether they engage with it or don't engage with it. And as you see that play out over time in the same content bucket, you're like, oh, this messaging doesn't work or this message works. Yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. Let's, let's wrap up here. I want to ask two questions. If you'd answer them quickly, then we're going to get into your best routine or habit. So first question is, young Nicholas James becoming a filmmaker. Did you ever imagine that video would be this prevalent? I didn't, I never thought video would diversify as much as it has with tools and technology. There is so many ways that the camera, I mean, from drones to VR to even this horizon of AI um, of how to visually communicate a message has just evolved and blossomed into such crazy ways it's exciting to see the expanse of that yes yeah. okay second question so we've got some young marketers that are listening to this that would love to work with yellow brick but maybe they're not quite in a position to be able to do that they got to get more budget what's a piece of advice you would give someone that hey the, all they have is their camera phone. What is a piece of good advice you can give them to be able to prove why video content's important and then ultimately bring back yellow brick and hire them? Yes. No, that's a great question. My best advice is start simple and easy. You know, yes, you can use the phone, have some technical um, foundation, like good sound. People don't realize sound is actually, ironically in video production, sound is even far more important than the visuals because you can watch Blair Witch Project was this really grainy, hard movie to watch, but you can listen to it so you can still get the information. So make sure um, sound is very critical that you make sure you have that. Be concise and direct to the point in what you're giving and have a giving attitude with that. Like you said, people are trying to give in, get information. So stay simple, make sure your sound is good, uh, stay consistent, like con constantly find a reason to have a dialogue with, with your audience. And yeah, and hopefully you build the audience to the point where then you can bring a team in to really, really emphasize those visuals with a video production company. Yes, absolutely. And I encourage all marketers to run these tests for themselves. But when I hear or when I say that you don't need technology, you don't need all this stuff to be successful, that is 
somewhat of a simplistic way of describing things. And so in this scenario, if you can go out and you can create a video that even if it's not the best, but it has a simple message and you can show that people are interacting with that and you can distribute it a couple of times, then you can bring that to the people. If you're not the budget decision maker, you bring that back and say, you know, what if a thousand of our potential customers saw this video? Well, that'd be awesome. Well, hey, guess what they did? We posted it one time. And so then people start to listen to that stuff. And that is a way, instead of trying to stay conceptually, hey, we need to do video, but you don't really know why or you can't explain it. If you run these little tests, it's a great way to be able to prove it and then bring some of the data back. And then as those tests play out, you get more budget and then you increase your the quality of your production, you scale, and then you really start to be able to make an impact for your company. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and make sure your personality is in that, right? Like I want to go back to that. Bring the human element to your company into that because people want to know people. So yeah, absolutely. All right. So we like to end this with your best routine or habit. So what is your best routine or habit? I read for 30 minutes first thing when I wake up and 30 minutes right before I go to bed. I like to try to put fresh information into my mind right when my mind is awake and when I'm kind of slowing down, I like to put some information in there right before I go, you know, into deep sleep. And then the sec- I actually have a second thing with that. Cause I, after I, I, I read, I do a little note taking and then I meditate for 15 minutes. So in a, this very frenetic, crazy world, I think it's very important to feed good information, good content into your mind, and then have some clarity with that in in today's fast-paced, crazy world. I couldn't agree more. Nick, really appreciate you agreeing to be on this podcast. A lot of valuable insights for anyone here. And if you made it to this part of the episode, it means you really appreciated the information that Nick was communicating. And so we're going to have ways to be able to get in touch with him and his company, Yellow Brick Studios, in the show notes. But if Like I said, if you're listening to this and you obviously want to reach out to him, so reach out to Nick, check out his information. We'll put some links in the show notes. And also if you'd send me a video or something, we could put in the show notes too, a link to that. That'd be awesome. Matthew, thank you so much for having me on the show. It was a treat to to disclose some of the things that video can produce in business relationships. And I'm excited to tell more stories. Absolutely. I can't wait to work on our next project together. Appreciate it, Nick. Thanks, Matthew.